Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Thomas Marola will treat you like an individual. The baseball game is over. It's time for the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show with Tim Allen on The Fan. It is a final from Wrigley Field, and the results are good. How about that, Brewers fans? The Brewers even up the series at a game apiece. Final score today, 8-3, and welcome, everybody. It is the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show on a scorching hot Saturday. And the Brewers offense, a lot of folks were asking uh, yesterday, just where in the world is the Brewers offense? Well, you saw today a collective team effort Eight runs uh, with the output of an 8-3 victory as they tie up the series at a game apiece. Oh, what a big game tomorrow. I mean, when you when you get down to it, huge, huge game tomorrow. But a lot to unpack in this ball game uh, today. I'm wondering, uh, you saw, and we'll, we'll get some audio here in just a second. You did see in this baseball game that um, things aren't exactly a quote, friendly rival for these two organizations anymore. And they haven't been for a while. It's that simple. Now, it's it's either that, which, I mean, I believe it's that. But if you don't believe it's that, then you uh, you have to believe that these games of, of are of paramount importance. Because there was, uh, there was uh, some, some players that were not particularly happy in this baseball game, tied, at a, at a run apiece, and just just tensions, just mounting a little bit. And guess who's right in the middle of this thing again? Guess who is smack in the middle of, of, of just some unfriendly competition? You guessed it, Wilson Contreras. I don't know what it is, that dude. I'm convinced that guy has something against this Brewer squad. I'm convinced of it. So we'll get we'll get into that conversation. How do you feel after this win? You got to feel a lot better, guys. You have to feel a ton better. This was a nice collective team effort. Corbin Burns, we'll get to him in just a second. Yeah, just I I don't know. I'm still trying to to formulate uh, how to describe his outing today. Uh, three and a third. Uh, you just you just got to go deeper than that, Corbin. You're definitely better than that. So it was a slow motion game early on. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. I want to get your reaction on this baseball game, uh, as well as do you believe that this is uh, a friendly rivalry still? Because that's what I've been told the last I don't know five years or so. Now, on this show, off the air, down at the bar, 
in the restaurants, over social media. Ah, it's just a friendly rival, Tim. I mean, it's good. You know, they're 90 miles apart, the two markets. It's a friendly rivalry. Bull. There's no chance this is a friendly rivalry. Just about every series, you have some, some nonsense going on. And I mean that in a friendly customer service kind of way, the word nonsense. Um, just about every series. You had the rain situation, the, the no rain rain out, whereas the general managers got involved with commenting on the other guy's organization. You had the managers getting involved, commenting on the other guy's organization. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about this. This portion of the program brought to you by IHateTheCubs.com. That's IHateTheCubs.com. I'm kidding, but you guys know how I feel about the Cubs. It's uh, Now, Austin, uh, Texas is here, too. Austin, I did have to check that out just to make sure it wasn't some real website that would point people in a direction that we, we, that we wouldn't want to, so I did check that. But, yeah, portion of the show brought to you by, uh, by I Hate the Cubs. This is not an, a friendly rivalry anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. Citing examples right there. 414-799-1250. I've I've told players on this Brewers team over the years, and they're you know what? They appreciate this. They may not like it, and and most of them have said, Well, I'm not gonna say it, but you can. You can say it. We're not gonna say it. When I say I hate the Cubs. Whenever I interview these guys a million times over. Hey, just so you know, I'm a fan first and a broadcaster. I hate that team. I just hate that team. And you may, you may say that hate is a, is a strong word, but there, there is nothing sweeter than beating the Chicago Cubs these days as a Brewer fan. And nothing sweeter, guys. And the way they did it, let's go back and find out the way they did it in an 8-3 victory. I do want to, unfriendly or friendly, and maybe I'm overstating this a little bit. I don't believe these organizations like each other at all. Not at all. And I think it came from, I was talking to Mayor Mitch. He's in the building as well. Mayor Mitch had said it, it came from game 163 and 18. I think it was before that even. But that's me. Friendly or unfriendly? The I-94 rivalry. Cub fans are starting to not like the Milwaukee Brewers as well. Because why? Because they're a threat to them. They are. They, they, they won the, the Brewers, won the division in 18 in a game 163. They uh, came in second to hit the postseason, whereas the Cubs last year came in third. Now it's a little bit of a concern. It's not the little brother anymore. As uh, one of my colleagues at the score in Chicago told me on the air one, one day, a couple of, few years ago, like three years ago. Ah, you know what, Cub fans think of your team up there and your little team up there in Milwaukee as as uh, the little brother. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. You want to jump aboard? Getting your reaction on a big eight three victory. Game two of the twenty twenty championship season is in the books, and let's go back and get our game recapped. Some fun stuff going on here. Well, some not so fun stuff um, either. So. First inning, Brewers get a little pressure on Darvish, and that was good right there in the first inning. They get a a couple of runners aboard. He throws 20 pitches, a couple of two-out base hits. Keston Hira and Justin Smoke. Uh, Abasail Garcia struck out to end that inning, but a deep, heavy count there 
on, on the pitch uh, count, and that was 20 pitches for Darvish. Cubs, however, get on the board. They get at Burns in the bottom of the first. A walk, a hit by pitch. Now keep keep your eyes open on that hit by pitch. We'll have that conversation too. And then a, a Wilson Contreras RBI, and Corbin Burns needed to stop the bleeding right there. And he's got to run in a couple of men. No, I I mean really stop the bleeding. Dude had a nosebleed in the first inning. I'm not going to get on a guy for having a bloody nose, but I sense a pattern here. Tell it like it is, Tim. We have a guy that throws up on the mound, and now a guy that gets bloody noses on the mound. Just, <laughs> just saying. I don't think there's anything you can do to prevent them, but I'm just pointing this out. Statistical information. Uh, Corbin Burns does get out of it with just that one run given up. He did stop the bleeding on both accounts. Brewers come right back in the second inning. Uh, it was a one-out double by Lorenzo Kane, one of his three hits in the ball game. And uh, with, with Ben Gammon, now this sets up the first Brewers run. You may recall an outstanding traffic cop play on the base pass by Lorenzo Cain a year or two ago. You remember that? Christian Yelich, he's waving him around, giving him all sorts of uh, hand gestures and what to do and points to here and then says go back to first, first, first. A similar thing happened with Lorenzo Cain on second base and Ben Gamble at the plate. One, two. On the ground towards the shortstop, led by Baez, and they've got Kane in a rundown. Bryant, toss back, Kipnis. Now Baez again. Gamble is stuck at second base now, and the Cubs will not get a single out on that play, and that is very surprising considering the defensive prowess on that infield. Yeah, that is interesting. They do it again, and they don't record the out. And the Brewers... After the traffic cop play on the base pass, uh, they take advantage of this because uh, Brewers down one zip after a pop-up by Arcia for the second out of the inning. It set the table for the Brewers' first run of the game and the season. One-two. Sober towards center field. Half coming on. Here comes Cade, and he will score to tie the game. Eric Sogard delivers his first Brewers RBI in a few years. Brewers get their first run of the season, and it's 1-1 of the second. Yeah, there it is. All these highlights on Big Fox, Fox 6 in Milwaukee. 1-1 into the uh, bottom of the second inning. Brewers to that point, four hits, five base runners. You kind of sensed that the offense was going to break out a little bit just based on the first couple of innings. Even though it's just a single run, guys. You just sort of knew five base runners all told in a run. Burns needs a shutdown inning in the bottom of the second after the Brewers tie it in the top half, and he gets it. 1-1 into the third inning. Uh, Darvis looking like he's fallen into a rhythm a little bit. Strikes out the side in the top of that third inning. Uh, Hira Smoke and Garcia go down via the strikeout. Bottom of the third, Burns, he answers that back with three strikeouts wrapped around a walk. And tempers start to flare at this point. And wouldn't you know it, Wilson Contreras, yeah, he was right in the middle of it. So you're looking at C.B. Buckner, John Tumpane, Jose Navas, and Jeff Nelson, our umpiring crew for this game as we head to the fourth. The reason they're discussing things is because during that last break, it just got a little bit heated. 
as some Cubs players were outside of the dugout screaming to the other side. Christian Yelich at one point jumped the dugout and started to just amble his way towards the field. Obviously, we see this under normal circumstances as well, but it's a little bit more amplified when there are no fans. You got to just hear what's going on. And Jeff Nelson and John Tumpain talking with Craig Kunsel about all of that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it goes back to Baez getting hit earlier and then Contreras didn't like the pitch inside. And, you know, the reality is, is, is Burns, he's not, he just doesn't have his control today, right? And, you know, he's a bit erratic. He's not trying to hit anybody. He's not going after anybody. You know, I think more than anything is, you know, you may be able to hear guys more, obviously, from the dugouts. And so, you know, a lot of times when you played in the past, I mean, guys would be mouthing off and popping off, but it would get drowned out. So now right. you hear it. So it's like, okay, you want to say something? And again, it's, you know, everybody's going to run around like a peacock and put their feathers up and everything. <laughs> yeah, they may be right that it's, it's now, you, it's almost like a college game. You'll be able to hear everything from the other team. Ironically, at about this time, uh, for, per a prior agreement, uh, Craig Council was interviewed by the Fox guys. Craig, if you can give us any insight to, to that, how did you feel about uh, what, what just went down these last few minutes? Anything you can give us? Well, I think this is going to be part of this season. I mean, both dugouts can hear each other, and, you know, umpires can hear everything, and so it's... You know, there's there's talking that goes on in a game. We, you never hear it with all the fans here, and right. it's just it's part of the game. It's competitiveness. It's all it is. All right, so give me a burn so far. I mean, he you know he's looked he looked like he had too much adrenaline. As Kane puts one towards the gap, cut off by the center fielder half. That'll keep Narvaez at second. Yeah, I, th I think he did. I think he settled down and thrown the ball really well, actually. Um, he, he's done his job for sure. Um, you know, he, he was a little scattered, but that's that's who he is. You see the stuff, and he just got to harness it, and you see what and when he starts to harness it, what it looks like. It's pretty darn good. This offense for your club, uh, we know what Yelich can do, but there are a lot of new faces for your group, Craig, this year. What's the thing that you're most excited about as this 60-game uh, experiment takes place? Oh, yeah. So I think we got a very deep interchangeable bunch so I think we have a lot of directions we can go and whether it be hot hands or matchups or things like that I think we got a lot of things we can play. Craig Council the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers weird circumstances we know thanks for the time Craig as always. You got yeah. it take care guys. Thanks Council. Yeah there he was and and we may see more of this I mean it's tough to social distance when you're going to get in a fight with somebody but there in the fourth inning Brewers uh, they untie this thing. Kane on, Narvaez hit by a pitch. Uh, they move up on a wild pitch, and it's set the table for big game Ben Gamel. Hammers one, well struck. And that will get into the gap to score two. The Brewers will take a 3-1 lead. Gamel racing around second. He's gunning for a triple, and he's got it. Ben Gamble delivers the summer camp MVP, carrying it over into his first start of the season. A 3-1 lead right there for the Brewers in the fourth inning. Gamble was there with uh, nobody out, uh, two knocked in, obviously, right there. Uh, but they stranded him. And that you wondered if that was going to come back to haunt the crew. 
uh, three to one. Burns gets an out in the bottom of the fourth inning. He allows a base runner, gets an out, and his day is done. Three and a third for Corbin Burns. Pitch count at 75. And just the one run given up. Brent Suter in from the pen, gives up a double. Runners at second and third with one out. And then a ground ball to the left side. They pinch the runner at the plate, and Suter gets a ground ball to get out of it. A huge, huge moment in that game right there in the fourth inning. Two on, one out. Brewers up just two, and Suter comes in and shuts it down right there. Darvish, his day is done as the Brewers come to bat in the fifth. And uh, let's see if they can... Add to the lead at 3-1. to one. I think they can. A one-man a one rally with Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke sends one deep to right feet. That's gone, huh? That's gone. Man, it is interesting to try to tell where these balls are going. And Justin Smoke connects and rudely greets Dwayne Underwood in his first inning of the season. 4-1 to one Brewers on top. Yeah, it's got to be tough doing the calls from monitors. You you can just hear it that it's just it it's sort of like the delivery. I'm not knocking these guys. Trust me, uh, I would if if I had something to knock them on. But uh, it's it's like the 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 delivery of broadcasting doesn't match the actual act. Right around now, mid game, bottom fifth inning, guys. Cubs come right back off Suter in the bottom of the fifth inning, gives up a base hit to Baez, and then Schwarber takes some yard. A two-run shot, lefty-lefty. That made it a 4-3 game as the Brewers come to bat in the sixth inning. And with two outs, the Brewers get those two right back. Sogi, a two-out walk. And then, how about this? Christian Yelich. Here's the one-two. Yelich puts it in the air. Deep. Look it up. Turn it around and watching it go. Just kept carrying for Christian Yelich right on cue. His first hit of the season. And it puts the Brewers in front by three. Take that, summer camp. (laughs) Take that, blue gold games. 6-3 into the bottom of the six. Suter stays in the game. And uh, he gets it done. Big time shutdown inning. As the Brewers get those two runs back and a three-run lead. He gets, you want to talk about a turning point, that might be it there in the bottom of the sixth inning. That preserves a three-run lead, a couple of strikeouts in that frame as well. Brewers up three into the later stages, seventh inning. A couple of more runs would be nice. Avisail Garcia with a single. He is knocked in for the seventh Brewers run of the game by new Brewers catcher Omar Navarez. On base with a hit last night. Narvaez cranks one deep right center field. Hayward ranging back. Hap is there. He slides but can't get it. Around third, Garcia. He's on his way home. And he'll score on an RBI double from Narvaez. It's 7-3. Yeah, it makes it 7-3 right there uh, with Narvaez standing there at second base after the RBI double. Lorenzo Kane, a three-hit day. Well, a lot of those early in the season, and the Athletics had more. Kane muscles one into left field. Here comes Narvaez. The throw from Schwarber, and it will be cut off as the Brewers extend the lead even further. An RBI from Lorenzo Kane. He's got three hits on this second day of the season. 8-3, and that's the way the game ended. Devin Williams in the bottom half of that seventh inning. He's in trouble. 
Yeah, he was. He loaded the bases, and that's another turning point in this one, but got out of it. David Phelps, Eric Yardley, mop-up duty, a Brewers 8-3 victory. With what's going on in Chicago, what's going on in the last couple of years with the Brewers winning the division, hitting the postseason, is this a friendly rivalry? That's uh, what we want to ask you guys. Threw that out there on Twitter as well. Also, Lorenzo Cain conversation and Eric Sogard, each of these guys on three times today as uh, the Brewers get the victory. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show feels good here in 2020 to get this thing back to even. A game apiece in the season, game apiece in the series, and it does feel good as the Brewers offense strikes for eight Ernie's off uh, Cubs pitching. We'll be back. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show here on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time for the current electric spark of the game during today's game on The Fan. Go to callcurrent.com for your superhero electricians. Yeah, welcome back. The uh, Brewers get a season, well, their first win of the season, a series win that evens up this series at a game apiece. And and you, you want to talk about a big game for Freddie Peralta tomorrow. Now, pressure was on Corbin Burns a little bit, but let's get to our spark of the game first, uh, and that is uh, brought to you by Current Electric. And after the Brewers had taken a 4-1 to lead, a three-run lead uh, into the uh, uh, fifth inning, Suter got beat up a little bit there with a two-run shot from Schwarber, and it, and it made the score, obviously, 4-3. to And you're wondering, man, if you can get these couple of runs back right there, you can get the runs back. You can, uh, you can feel a lot better about things. I'm a big fan of shutdown innings and then answering back, and they certainly did that uh, with the spark of the game. Sixth inning, a one-run game with a man on until Christian Yelich did this. There's the one-two. Yelich puts it in the air. Deep. Oh, Look it up. Turn it around and watching it go. Just kept carrying for Christian Yelich right on cue. His first hit of the season and it puts the brewers in front by three Take that, summer king. yeah fox uh television fox sports on the call right there as christian yelich gave him that three-run lead right back and the brewers cruise to the five-run victory eight three the final over the chicago cubs and as a, a bummer of a final score as it was last night and a buzzkill that it was last night, knowing baseball was back, but yet, yeah, we had to see the Brewers get shut out. Now you look at it a little bit differently that, okay, all right, 58 games to play, and now you're even here at a game apiece. And, and I guess you don't necessarily look at it um, in terms of 500. You just look at it as giving yourself a chance in the 60-game window. It's what you're looking at. You've got 60 to get this done. Now, the expanded playoffs are there. I, I get that. But the over, the losing streaks can't happen. Or else you're going you're gonna to lose, lose chance, lose sight of another postseason experience. That's why this win right here, even, and I'm not minimizing the effect of tomorrow's game. I'm not doing that at all. But if you were to lose tomorrow's game, that's why this game was so important. It was huge for this team to bounce back and give themselves not only a shot 
at the uh, third and final game of the series, but also not to start out that 0-3 and get out on the bad note. That's the thing. You protected yourself from that right here today with this victory, 8-3 over the Cubs. Now, speaking of the Cubs, over the years, uh, longtime listeners of this show, you guys know how I feel about the Cubs. There's just not a, not a team uh, on the planet in any sport that I uh, dislike as much as I do the Chicago Cubs. And some of that comes with proximity. Some of it comes with some of my best buddies are, are Cub fans, believe it or not. I mean, that's just growing up where I grew up uh, in between Milwaukee and Chicago. You had both and probably more Cub fans than anything else. But it's not a friendly rivalry. Cub fans can scream all day long, and maybe the heritage is there with the St. Louis Cardinals. I shouldn't say maybe. It is there with the St. Louis Cardinals. And I understand that. And the Cardinals have been beaten up on the Cubs uh, for many, many years. So I could, I could see that part of it. But to discount the Brewers as a little brother is probably not a good, not a good, uh, not a good trend to have down there. Because Brewers have been stepping up toe-to-toe with a huge market and a huge payroll for quite a few years now. And I just, I just don't believe that it's that friendly of a rivalry. You, you get that term thrown around a lot. We threw it out there on uh, social media as well. We'll get some response coming up in just a little while. But how do you feel after this victory? And uh, is it a friendly rivalry? Because I, don't, I believe it's exactly the opposite. It's an unfriendly rivalry between the teams. Fans can be... Fans are, are going to be fans. Us, we're going to be what we are. And I know that people have been hurt and actually just a few weeks ago shot over a sports argument. I, I get that part. Uh, but we can at least have a few beers. Like I said, some of my buddies are, are Cub fans. And we give each other crap here and there on, on a given day or a series or a game or whatever. But these teams, the organization themselves, I don't believe that it's a friendly one. It's a respectful one. I'll grant you that, but that that guy behind the dish for the Chicago Cubs, right in the middle of it, all the time. I don't know what his beef is. I don't know what it is. There was there was thoughts last year when he pointing into the Brewers dugout after a double, and uh, they asked him about it after the game, and he had said that, well, it's it's not the team itself. It's uh, it's designated at someone. Well, who might that be? We never did find out who that was. So there's something there, but it's, it, it's not a friendly rivalry when you have uh, general managers and presidents uh, speaking in terms of, um, you know, I don't know what forecast they're looking at, and that was the no rain rain out. I, I just, I, I believe it, it, it trickles all the way down to the players. It does, and we saw it today. Things got a little dicey. On the uh, hit-by-pitches, my son and I uh, vehemently disagree on this. He says it's never intentional what's an, when you hit a guy on an off-speed pitch. And announcers do play right into that. Just simply because it was a curveball means it wasn't intentional. When a pitcher and teams are warned that if you hit someone else intentionally, you're gone. You got the warning, right? So I don't know if warnings were sent out today. I don't think they were. Maybe they were. Uh, we're going to hear from Lorenzo Cain talk about the, uh, the, the bitterness that came out of this game. Um, but just that's how they mask it, guys. 
That's how they, they earn the stripes with their teammates, by hitting the other guy. Avisail Garcia was thrown behind him today in what, the eighth inning, eighth or ninth inning? Oh, but it was a curveball. That's right. That wasn't intentional. No. <laughs> they know how to get away with it, and that's how you, you protect your players that way. In quotation marks, marks you put, protect your player that way. I don't know. I, I just feel that that's how they don't get themselves thrown out of the game, yet still stick up for their teammates on, on breaking stuff. I mean, you really want to do it? Go back to the olden days. And I'm not, I'm not preaching old man stuff here. I'm just telling you what it was back then. And you hear Euchre talk about it. You, you hear the historians talk about it. You hear longtime baseball fans talk about it. You hit one of our guys, we're going to hit one of your guys, and then we're even. Now just leave it. But when we hit you, it's going to be drilled in the third rib. They do it a little different these days. This is like curveball at the, at the shins. Oh, whoops, it got away from me. But yet the next slider is on the outer edge, precision pitch. It's crazy. It's, it's a great debate. I, I understand that. But friendly or unfriendly, this Cub-Brewer rivalry, we'll get to our turning point. There were, uh, there were many in this game, but there's a few that I want to point out to you next. 414 799 1250 if you want to jump in here. Brewers even up the series at a game apiece to fire up the 2020 championship season. 8-3 the final. It's the Baby Shade and Blind postgame show right here. AM 1250 and 105.7 FM The Fan. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show. It's time to get the scoop from the skipper before today's game on The Fan. 8-3 final, Brewers even up the series at a game apiece, and uh, that this was huge to set yourself up with Freddie Peralta on the hill tomorrow uh, to take the opening series, and that's what you wanted, and you got it here. We'll get to Craig Council, Lorenzo Cain, and others in just a little bit. We'll go inside the box score as well and get you some numbers on this one. If you happen to miss it, uh, this was a good one. This is a little bit of a... a a back-and-forth affair, and, and I don't mean the lead changed back-and-forth, but just the tightness of the game just went back-and-forth. Great Lakes Dragway turning point brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Check out all the events and track rental info at greatlakesdragway.com. I'm going to go with a few of these turning points in this one. The bottom of the fifth inning, Brent Suter uh, was in to pitch his second inning in relief in a uh, three-run game at 4-1. to one. Kyle Schwarber takes him deep after a uh, base hit by Baez. That made it a 4-3 game. Now you're thinking, no, don't tell me, man. Uh, Cubs are going to come back and win this after being up three. It's only mid-game. It is Wrigley Field. I understand. It's a one-run game right there. Well, another turning point with Great Lakes drag away. Top of the sixth inning, Christian Yelich with a two-run shot. He gets those runs immediately back. Huge turning point in this one. Now to double down on that, bottom half of that sixth inning, Brent Suter with a nice, quick, tidy one, two, three, couple of strikeout inning uh, in that bottom of the sixth inning. And then that was huge. Another Great Lakes dragway turning point. I'll fast forward to the eighth inning when Devin Williams got into some trouble there. Had the bases loaded to face Jason Hayward. You want to talk about a rough turning point? He goes yard right there and you got yourself a one-run game. Now you're scrambling to get Josh Hader up and hot. 
Now you're back on your heels a little bit. That was a big turning point to let Devin Williams work his way out of that, that inning right there. It was a little messy. You know, we're going to have to dig in and, and delve into Devin Williams and his career path because, uh, you know, a, a top draft choice for the crew, uh, is, he, is he on the right path to success? And is it going to pay off? He's a Tommy John guy as well. Well, let's get that scoop from the skipper, manager Craig Council, after the Brewers win. Yeah, I, I thought all day our offense um, was really good. I just thought we, you know, against Darvish, we just, um, you know, made him work and continue to make him work. We didn't, we didn't break through until the fourth there. And then against their relievers, we did what you're supposed to do. You know, you, you get a lead and you get to a bullpen early in the game, and we kept we kept adding on some runs with some with some big swings and some good at bats. Craig, we know that you know Yelich is going to hit this year, but what 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 about the timing of when that home run came in today's game and and how it maybe changed the course of things a little bit? Yeah, I mean one run game. Um, look, we had we had a bunch of big hits today, uh, but but one run game after they the Schwarber homer made it a one run game, so it was. Yeah, it was a big spot. Um, you know, that gave us some breathing room. Um, you know, it gave us a little more, I thought, flexibility with Brent to kind of to try to push him for another inning. So, um, you know, there was a bunch of big spots today, but uh, that, that definitely was one of them for sure. There's that breathing room after we after it came a tight game again. Greg, uh, we see Lorenzo with heads-up plays all the time. That base running play today certainly loomed large. Um, from your vantage point, what what did you see there? It was just an incredible heads-up play by him, wasn't it? He's done it before. Uh, you know, he's done it against the Cubs before, um, and it's it's to the point where I think our, you know, he's directing traffic out there. That's what's so incredible. I mean, he's getting out of a rundown and coaching Ben Gamble as to what to do. So he's, he's like, he's a base coach. He's a base runner. Um, it's just a, it's impressive, um, that he, that he's pulled it off. I think that's the third time he's pulled it off. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Ellie was involved in another one, but, um, it, it got us a run. I mean, it's a, it's a great base running play, a great baseball play, uh, that got us a run. Craig, what, Craig, what, did you, what did you think? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, what was the source of, like, when, when did sort of the chirping start? Uh, the source of it is it's just, it's quiet in the stadium. And because of that, um, we, we, can, we hear more than we normally hear, I guess is the best way to say it. And it's just, look, we're, we're trying to win. They're trying to win. We're competing. Um, and we're not we're not going to be quiet when something happens that we don't like, and the, either are they. Um, so, and we normally don't hear much of that stuff, to be honest. Uh, we're going to hear more of it right now. I, I, and then that's just, I think we all got to get used to that a little bit. Um, I, I thought the umpires did a nice job in it. To be, you know, they 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 know they're going to have to deal with it too. Um, but um, it it's going to happen. Um, if, if, because there's no noise in the ballparks, uh, it's, it's just part of it. Craig, did, uh, Corbin have a bloody nose? What happened there? And then what did you think about his performance overall? Yeah, he did have a bloody nose. Um, you know, nothing, 
nothing more than that. Um, I, I thought Corbin did, did really well. Um, I thought he kind of harnessed everything in, especially like as we went, as he went, um, look, his, his stuff is, it's, it's really good, you know, and he's going to keep getting better. Um, I'm, you know, and, and the window for which that is, is, you know, we, we've got to be patient with it, but he's going to keep getting better. Um, he's got very, very good stuff. Um, he's got lots of weapons and I, I really believe he's going to continue to get better. Craig, what do you think of your bullpen and how it was able to kind of piece things together after, after, after Burns left? Yeah, we, we, you know, it was a good spot. We used, um, you know, the bullpen, I, I often say they're, they're all connected. They all work together. Uh, they're all, they all matter for each other. And, and I think the first two days, our guys have really, really done their jobs collectively to make each other better. So, you know, Brent got eight outs, which, which was huge. Um, you know, and then Devin, Devin Phelpsy and, uh, and Yardley each got their outs. Um, and that, you know, didn't require us to get anybody up or anybody else hot or anything like that. So puts us in good shape uh, for tomorrow. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time for the Gene Wagner Plumbing Are You Kidding Me? moment of the game on the fan. Gene Wagner Plumbing, celebrating over 50 years in business. For any residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Yeah, welcome back. There's Craig Council, and uh, pretty interesting that uh, that is a dynamic I don't know if too many people had thought about with regards to hearing the other teams chirp. That's interesting. We'll get to Adam McAlvey from MLB.com and Brewers.com in just a couple of minutes here. Stick around for that, but... I hadn't thought of that, that you're literally going to be able to hear uh, the, the other guys. I, um, that may propose some issues. And social distancing in a fight? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, are you kidding? You know, Lorenzo Cain, I think, alluded to that. We'll hear from Lorenzo Cain coming up in just a little while. But are you kidding me? Moment of the game uh, with Gene Wagner plumbing. Guys. It, it has to be uh, that whole sequencing, and I talked about it, Craig Council talked about it. It's that whole sequence there, fifth, sixth inning. No, you're up three, now you're only up one, but now you're back up three, and then you get a shutdown inning. Are you kidding me? That's the way, hey man, that's the way this uh, Cub Brewer rivalry uh, thing is going on here. Adam McAlvey is up next. Stick around. MLB.com and Brewers.com. Is it a friendly or unfriendly rivalry? I'll try and squeeze you in here if we have some time. Uh, some feedback on social media as well. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Tim Allen, after a, after a victory that evens up the series at a game apiece, puts him in a position to take the series with a victory tomorrow. We'll be back on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Let's find out who today's Chevy MVB of the game is on the fan. Find what's next. Check out the new 2020 Chevy Silverado at your local Chevy dealer or at WisconsinDriveChevy.com. Chevy MVB in this Brewers 8-3 victory. Well, well, well. You do have a couple of candidates here. Uh, You have, uh, well, Christian Yellis, that was a huge home run to get the two runs back, but Lorenzo Cain with a three-hit game. You do have uh, 
You know, the bullpen as a whole, both yesterday and today, the bullpen's been pretty solid, guys. And that's a good thing, too. But I think I'm going to have to give it to uh, Christian Yelich only because of the timing of that two-run shot. Well, there's your Chevy MVB. Welcome back, Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Tim Allen, Brewers win uh, to even up the series, uh, 8-3 the final, and sets up a game for tomorrow. We hit the great Midwest Bank hotline and have our Saturday conversation with Adam McAlvey from Brewers.com and MLB.com. Adam, a uh, stress-relieving win for the Brewers to get this thing even because it prevents like an offer. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. – I know it's a 60-game season, but it does prevent you – I hate to have the loser mentality. It does two things. It prevents the offer, and it sets you up for a series victory tomorrow. It gets you on the board, yeah. And, look, I mean, Christian Yelich squaring up a baseball and hitting it 425 feet. Um, that's a good thing. The homer in Chicago on Wednesday night in that exhibition game against the White Sox was, was great. No, that was a little oppo, poked it down the left field line. Um, it counted the same, but to really square up the ball and drive it, I think was a good thing because that's what he didn't do during summer camp. And, you know, we were all sitting there trying to figure out like how much stock to put in that. It's just intra-squad. It doesn't mean anything, you know, Eddie Cedars mic'd up and, uh, players are mic'd up during the game. Yelich himself. It's hard to take it too seriously, but just it wasn't like he was, you know, lining out all over the place. It was a lot of swing and miss. I, I think that just to really um, square one up and hit it over the ivy was a good thing today. And, and as you said, a really it really changed the complexion of that game, and it changed the decisions Craig Council made on his pitching. So it was a big hit. It sure, it sure was, and it, and it puts him in a good situation with, let's face it, you know, Corey probably is available tomorrow along with Josh Hader. I think you're in good shape in that pen. You did use Brent Suter here for two and two-thirds. You gave up the two-run shot to Schwarber. Adam, tell me about what you've seen thus far here through the two starts of Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. And Woody, I, I think um, – I think flew under the radar. He actually, the more I think about last night's performance, was it was a pretty decent performance, uh, all told. And then what, you heard Craig Council talk about the patience with today's starter, Corbin Burns. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the stuff that Corbin Burns is taking to the mound is really special. And honing that and learning how to use it is, you know, it... it looks easy when the guy is out there throwing 98 with the slider that he's got. Um, it's not easy. And just how, you know, they're, they're, he's going to be good. It's just a matter of how quickly can they get him to the point where he's really, really good. And um, there's going to be frustrating moments with him. Uh, sometimes I think it's because the ball is moving so much that it's just he, the pitch counts get up there. So he's got to corral it, and once he does, he has a chance to be uh, pretty special. And I think Brandon Woodruff is a good example of a guy who, um, you know, it took him a little bit to get to where he is. And I think that performance last night was was actually pretty special. He comes out throwing, like, he was above 99 miles an hour in the first inning. You could tell that crowd or no crowd, he was extremely amped up. And once he kind of got that in check, he was really effective. Um, Corbin Burns could be just that effective if given the opportunity to do it. So Brett Anderson's blister opens up that opportunity to do it every fifth day. Um, and in 60 games, just the question is, can he sort of 
put these pieces together and try to go into next offseason um, with a little bit of a head of steam the way maybe Brandon Woodruff did a couple of years ago uh, with that NLCS performance. Adam McCalvey from Brewers.com and MLB.com, our guest here, Baby Shade and Blind postgame show. I don't believe it uh, in the last, uh, let's say, four years, I'll, I'll say that as a target date, if you will, that this, quote, friendly rivalry between these two mm-hmm. teams, you know, is, is 90 miles apart and it's straight down 94. And, you know, you got a mix, uh, mixed bag of, of Cub fans in the Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, Lake County areas, and not that many Brewer fans as you head further south. I don't believe, now this is the fan talking, as well as the broadcaster and the knowledge part of it, Adam. I don't believe it's been friendly for f- a few years here. I, I just don't. I don't know what the axe to grind with Wilson Contreras is with this baseball team, but it's something, and something happened today, and Craig's right in that now you, you're going to be able to hear these. Is yeah. this a, because of that? All around baseball. I, ca- I can't imagine the Dodgers and Giants now. I mean, here in the Chirp from each side, each side of the field. Is that what we're up against, number one, in baseball's new format here? And number two, would you agree that it's not a friendly rival anymore? No, but I think that's partly because it's two good teams that are going for the same thing the last bunch of years. And the Brewers came into the Cubs' house in 2018 in Game 163 and, you know, didn't – end their season, but a day later the Cubs season was over after they lost to the Rockies in the wildcard game. And it's all this, it's a lot of the same players. And it's a lot of players on both sides that play with some edge. And I don't think we should say that it's the Cubs, you know, getting mad and starting things. The Brewers have some guys who play with some edge too, you know, and, and talk a little bit out there. And, and that's fine. That's, that's baseball and, and players, you know, they play, baseball players get the ass. That's been around forever, and these guys have the ass. And the difference is you don't have 40,000 at Wrigley drinking beer and telling stories all day long to drown it out, and now everybody is hearing everything. And I think that was one of the big stories to come out of today that we've talked a little bit about with players and and Craig Council in the run-up to this, but I think today it was kind of manifest. Because last night it was, like the Council said in the postgame, you know, the Cubs – bench was real lively and they were trying to generate some of that energy that you're not going to get from the fans this year and I asked counsel about whether he thought they did a good job of it and he just said well we didn't have anything to cheer and they didn't they were they were shut down by Kyle Hendricks so today was a different kind of game where both sides are kind of punching and counter punching and there was more chatter going on and Corbin Burns said it was from the first pitch so I think that was a, a really interesting story that emerged today that mm-hmm. I think you're right, Tim, is going to happen all around baseball, especially when you get into rivalries where it's a couple of teams that know each other well and are going for the same thing and are, are going to be down there talking. The umpires hear everything. We're going to see some, you know, one of my favorite baseball words, some chippiness this season. Um, and, you know, I don't know. they got to figure out whether to kind of tamp that down because it can get in the way of what you're trying to do. Or can you not totally tamp that down? Because you got to play with that edge in order to play this game well. That's, add that to the long list of weird unknowns in the yeah. 2020 baseball season. Yeah, no, you're right. Because we've, we've all had you as a writer and, and, and me as a broadcaster and all the other shows and TV and radio and, and reports and columns and things like that. 
this one I, it just it flew under the radar to me that yeah. nobody checked this box, Adam. No one really kind of <laughs> thought about, are we going to have to put some white noise? Are we going to have to put some super fans above, uh, like like ceiling fans or something, just to get some white noise so, so we don't have this? It's just one of those things that we never checked that box. Well, there is white noise. I mean, they they have that sort of that crowd part of the crowd, sure. not just reacting to hits and errors and home runs. Um, they do have that kind of that low that white noise. Um, it was really jarring when the Brewers did their intra-squad series. The first day it was really loud, and uh, I actually sat at the last game. I sat with a young lady who's operating that. It's an iPad that's loaded from Major League Baseball. And she sits on the table in, in front of the scoreboard, um, that room, down there in the stands. And she's the one operating those songs. And uh, they toned it down at first because it just was really loud. But maybe they need to crank that back up a little bit to yeah. have a little bit more noise. Because um, it's not necessarily a good thing to hear every word that's said uh, in the opposing dugout. And probably not a great thing for the umpires to hear everything that's said in the dugout. So the, I think, again, you, you're right that this is one of those zillion issues that I'm sure somebody thought of, but it wasn't at the forefront because there were such bigger issues that everybody was trying to navigate just to get to the point where we could play these games. So I think there's going to be more stuff like that, Tim, where um, they're going to figure out and solve some of these, I don't know if you call this a problem, but solve some of these issues along the way and look another one just to veer off a little bit of topic because i'm trying to tell as many of the little stories about how sure. they're getting through the season um they've got a training room set up in the hotel which i did not know about or think about where guys who need like regular treatment i don't i don't know if this is a ryan Braun thing but he comes to my mind as a guy i mean they're not allowed to go to the ballpark until five hours before the game which is two o'clock for a seven o'clock game which sounds crazy but i mean guys are normally at the ballpark at like noon and a guy like ryan braun is there all day long getting treatment in the pool and hot cold back forth in order to get his body in position to play the game and they've set up facilities like at the team hotel to give guys treatment um i had not thought about that at all uh, but it's one way that they're trying to get around the spatial and scheduling and, and all the different things that they're thinking about and trying to keep everybody healthy through the season. So every day it seems like you learn something new, and I would chalk up kind of the, the chippiness that happened between the Brewers and Cubs today as one of those things that I certainly hadn't thought about. Yeah, it's almost like there will be more. We just don't know yet. Everyone's yep. trying to rack their brain to kind of figure out, well, what are these guys going to face in the next 58 games plus the postseason? Adam, final thing here. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about lineups. We've had that conversation a lot. I will just ask you this, though. Do you think that Lorenzo Cain, it was nice to see him a three-hit attack today. Uh, Eric Sogard on base, uh, what, three times as well, knocked in a run. Do you think, and I haven't checked the uh, Pirates rotation as of yet. I wanted to get to that tomorrow. But do you think Cain is in the leadoff spot come the first left-handed starter against? Yeah, look, I don't know, Tim. Um, It's, it our time to sort of dissect these things is so condensed now because we're in the world of, uh, you know, covering ball by zoom. And uh, we have not talked about that very much. And and to be honest, I also have not looked ahead to see what they're getting coming up and whether there's lefties on the docket, because 
I'm curious to also see Jed Jerko play some games and um, see Manny Pena get out there a little bit and see what they do at first base when they have a lefty out there. So I don't know the answer to that yet. Um, and, and I do know, and, and you know because of the way you asked the question, it's often a tough discussion to have with this manager because he just doesn't <laughs> enjoy he doesn't enjoy talking about the lineup. Um, it's definitely something they've spent time talking about. They don't just put names in a hat. As I, Sparky said that to me, and he's right, yesterday when, when I was on in the afternoon. Uh, but it's just not a conversation that he enjoys having. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit, I promise. But um, right now that certainly falls into the I don't know category. And look, if Kane bounces that and has the kind of year on base percentage-wise that he had in 2018 when he was such a table setter for them, uh, I predict that even if Eric Sogard has another good year, that we will see Kane back up there at the top because you want this guy on the bases. I mean, that play today, wow, it, it's it's remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable. It's it's a small thing. It might not look like a big thing, but to be out there in the middle of a rundown in a Major League Baseball and the speed with which things happen out there and to be able to get yourself out of a rundown and then also direct the runner on the bases behind you where to go and do it perfectly in terms of the timing of it is something really remarkable. And we all witnessed again, something that you just don't see in this game, a little thing led to a run, uh, which was a big thing for a lot of that game, but it was just really something special. He's, he's a special baseball player. Um, and I, I hope everybody you know, sort of recognize that when it happened in the game today. No, no, you're right. Um, it's sort of layers deep into the, our baseball world. I mean, you make your living off off the game of baseball, and certainly I do too, but you just don't think of those things. And I, I wonder if the game has changed to the point where guys like you and I and, and the hardcore baseball fans really respect a, a play like that, but, man, he deserves so much more credit. It's so difficult to do that at this level it's just yeah. amazing adam i i don't know if other teams i don't cover another team i cover this team but i i just don't i can't find that it would happen too often around the league i just i just would not think no, that that would be you, possible you do not see plays like that um you do not see plays like that happen very often and um he just has an instinct for this sport that is unique and especially a guy who didn't play the sport until he was in high school it's another layer that just makes it really amazing so you know the game has become very much about power both in pitching and hitting these you know the, the stuff that, that that's another thing i don't know if we sit back and think about think back to covering you know brewers in the mid early 2000s or whatever you did not have guys like they are rolling out of this bullpen devin williams coming out throwing high 90s with this pull-the-string change-up. The, the raw stuff that players are bringing to this game right now is incredible, and it's become a power game. Uh, but Lorenzo Cain is able to do something kind of with his mind today that maybe wasn't more common in a previous era, but you don't see as much now because there's just not as much action out there as maybe there used to be. So it was just a, it was a really cool moment today, I thought. And it led to a run. I mean, almost immediately. Went out later. For a while, that was every run was – I mean, the Brewers pulled away. But uh, that could have been a very precious run in the game. And, you know, he did the same thing a couple years ago against Javi Baez and the Cubs. And, you know, 
that's got to tick Javi Baez off a little bit. You've kind of embarrassed <laughs> out there. And, wow. you know, I don't know if that contributed to anything that was going on in any of the chirping today. Maybe not. Probably not. But who knows? And I can't wait. I, I just cannot wait as, as things unfold here. Game three tomorrow, Freddie Peralta on the hill. Adam, I appreciate it, man. Great book. It's, it's sitting right in front of me. Uh, this, this book, uh, people have to get it. This is um, one of those books here real quick, Adam. I'll let you plug this thing. But this is one of those books that if, if you have like your man cave, it just needs to sit out. I'm not kidding you. It, it just needs to sit out because when I brought it home uh, last night, I, I just threw it on, on the snack bar and just left it so the entire household was going to see. I wasn't putting that thing away. Now it's uh, you know in my office, but uh, it, it is one of those books that just leave laying around, man. It's pretty cool. Well, I, I've said I feel very fortunate that I followed a Packers book that the same publisher, Triumph Books out of Chicago, did a Packers 100th anniversary book with the Beaver. Uh, it's a father-son of photographers, and they shot – photographs of the Packers for a million years. And it's this beautiful book, heavy stock, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's the same footprint as, as this Brewer's book. So I just, I feel like the timing was really fortunate because it's a big, heavy thing. And it it does, when I picked it up, it felt really good. And I'm, I'm just really pleased that people are enjoying it. Um, And I'm glad you and your family are enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's really cool, Adam. Congratulations on that. Have a good rest of the weekend, and uh, we will talk to you next week, okay? All right. See you, Tim. Yeah, there he is, Adam McCalvey, MLB.com and Brewers.com, right here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Hey, has your passion all grown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. There's Austin, Texas. Uh, Tim Allen after a uh, 8-3 Brewers victory to even up the series at a game apiece. If you missed the game today, you're just tuning in. You were you know, working or, or had some uh, family things going on. We'll go inside the box next, and we'll get you all the fun numbers. That's next. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show on AM 1250, 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time to go inside the clubhouse to hear what the players are saying after today's game on The Fan. It's brought to you by Windows Select. Right now, buy one and get one free. Plus, no payments until 2021. Call Windows Select today at 262-703-3500. 3 the final as the Brewers take game two of this three-game weekend set in Chicago to open up the 2020 championship season. Big, big win for the crew. Wow. And when, they, when you put up eight runs like that, mm-mm-mm. It's just tough. Uh, it's tough for another team to just kind of crawl back into that thing. Uh, the experts, if you will, might be right in that uh, the Cub liability might be their bullpen. If you look at the number of runs that kept coming for the Brewers as the game proceeded, once Darvish was out. We'll get to Lorenzo Kane inside the clubhouse in just a second here. Wanted to get Bill in, and we'll get to some numbers as well. Bill, you're on the uh, Baby Shade and Blind postgame show. What's happening? Hey Tim, good talking to you. Good listening. Yeah, welcome to your back. Show. Yeah, thanks. Um, summer finally started here. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was going to say, geez, that's that's too bad about Avi Bias being embarrassed. I feel really <laughs> bad about that. I feel horrible <laughs> about that too. 
But yeah, I just wanted to call in and say it's great to hear you guys out here again. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing Roger call in. So uh, we uh, just wanted to say hi and keep up the good work. Yeah, th- thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. Uh, and again, as I talked about last night, I don't want to belabor the point or, or whatever, but truly blessed to have, uh, you know, opportunity really to, to go 15 years on this. A huge Brewer fan. You guys know that. Fan first, broadcaster second. Lorenzo Kane. All right, so he plays traffic cop again on the base pass. We just had that conversation with Adam McKelvey. But um, Lorenzo Kane in the eight hole last night in the seven spot today. Tomorrow they're facing Chatwood. I would assume maybe, maybe even the D8s for him tomorrow uh, as they move that around. Brawny, the DH yesterday, Yelich, the DH today. So we'll have to wait for the lineups. Pella, Windows, and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show gets you ready for game three tomorrow uh, at uh, noon is the, uh, is the time that will air. It's a 120 first pitch in Chicago tomorrow for game three. In the meantime, right now, we'll get to the numbers in a second here. Lorenzo Kane after a three-hit game. Uh yeah. Um no, first of all, I I wanna say yeah, bad bad read by me initially. I thought Baez was on my left hip. But uh yeah, so I broke and um like I said, I'm just trying to stay in the run down there as long as I can to get game a second. And uh as I'm running back to second base, I, I peek over the first base to see if anyone is there. And I noticed no noticed no one was there. So I'm screaming at Gamble, get back to first base, I'm pointing and uh like I said, um doing everything I can to, you know, make him aware that first base is open. So uh, he picked me up. I got back to second and, you know, just out there trying to do what I can and make plays, you know. Hey, Lo, just like a couple of years ago, that then led to runs. Uh, you know, how good does that feel when a heads-up play pays off? And you think it works the other way from the Cubs. It's got to sort of tick them off a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure they remember the last time I did that to them. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure they all were a little a little ticked off about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, just, you know, be aware out there and, uh, you know, just trying to put my guys in the best situation possible. And uh, it ended up working out for us again. Lorenzo, I know you guys – sorry, Todd. You guys know um, Christian is going to hit – the timing of that homer today seemed like it came at a pretty important part in the game. They had just gotten uh, close on the Schwarber homer, and, and uh, Christian comes back and, and gave you guys a little bit of cushion. Does that, you know, I, I don't know, do you think it's a weight off for him to start to see the ball fly a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we all know Yellow's going to, you know, he started off, had a, you know, not so good, I guess, spring 2.0. Um, we, all, we all know he's going to hit, you know, and he's been doing it for a long time now. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that was huge homer by him. You know, um, there's a lot of chirping going on out there tonight or today rather. And um, yeah, the boys are fired up and um, yeah, big homers, big hits by everybody. And uh, it was a total team effort. What's, what's oh, that, that, like? uh, that chirping well, you were talking about, was that, um, did that start with uh, Burns pounding his hand into his glove after he got Contreras there? Honestly, I don't know when it started, you know, but um, at the end of the day, I'm going to, you know, back my teammates regardless of who started it. And um, that is a situation in which I'm not even sure what happened, honestly, but <laughs> I'm going to be in the middle of it regardless because, you know, those are my boys, those are my teammates, and uh, I'm going to have them back regardless. Lorenzo, Craig said something on the on the broadcast about just being able to hear the other dugout and that being kind of new. 
is that kind of hard to sort of ignore? Like when you're able to kind of hear what the other dugout is actually saying and if that's kind of critical at all? Yeah, it's going to be tough uh, throughout the season. Um, so it's a lot of com- competitive guys out there. Um, you know, emotions are high. Um, everybody wants to do well. And um, for us to actually be out there and hear each other, you know, say stuff that to, to another guy that we might not like, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. But uh, at the end of the day, we got to find a way to for both sides to tone it down. And because um, uh, at the end of the day, we just want to go out there and, and, and play, play the game the right way, uh, do the right things. And um, hopefully, you know, something like that doesn't doesn't happen again. But uh, uh, if it does, I'll, I'll, I'll have my boys back regardless. Uh-oh. I've been signed out. It says. No. Okay. Lorenzo, um, obviously you guys are doing so many different things to try to not have contact this year. Like, what does the guide say about fighting? Um, honestly, I don't really care what it says, honestly. That's just me. That's my opinion. Um, if it happens, it happens. Um, we're all going to have each other backed. And, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But um, like I say, emotions are high. And um, hopefully we can avoid that situation because we don't, you know, want to be in close contact. But uh, if the situation were to arise, then um, we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> it's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time to dive into the box score for today's game on The Fan. Wow. Uh, it might be one of the coolest baseball players on the planet, honestly. And and having spoken with uh, Lorenzo Cain a, a, a few times, uh, I can say that it's just like you hear, man. It's just like you hear. There's a cool factor there. There's a, there's just a leadership skill there that is just, uh, it's just pretty cool. It is. All right, well, let's check out the numbers. Lorenzo Cain did have a good day today, and that was uh, that was good to see as uh, he was in the seventh spot tonight. We'll go inside the box. Eric Sogard, one for three with a couple of walks and an RBI. He also scored a run in the ballgame. Christian Yelich, one for five, but a big one. It was a run scored, two knocked in on the home run. Keston Hira goes one for five with three strikeouts. Justin Smoke, two for five. A run scored and an RBI, a couple of strikeouts. Avasail Garcia, one for five with a run scored and three strikeouts. Omar Narvaez, one for three, a couple of runs scored with an RBI. Lorenzo Kane, three for four, a couple of runs scored, one knocked in. Ben Gamla, huge hit, one for four, two RBIs. Orlando Arcia goes 0 for four with a couple of strikeouts. Uh, and there's your offense in an 8-3 victory. Pitching lines tonight. Uh, Corbin Burns, three and a third, two hits, a run. It was earned, three walks, six strikeouts, 75 pitches. Brent Suter picks up the slack, two and two-thirds, three hits, a couple of runs earned, no walks and three strikeouts. Devin Williams, one inning, one hit, no runs, a walk and a strikeout. And uh, let's see, up next, David Phelps, one inning, no runs, no hits, uh, with a walk. And Eric Yardley finishes up with an inning. The Brewers get eight runs on 11 hits, no errors. The Cubs just three runs, six hits, and no errors. The win goes to Brent Suter. He is now 1-0. The loss to Hugh Darvish. He is uh, 0-1. Attendance at Wrigley Field today was zero.
That was a bad, bad joke. Uh, season series uh, now is tied at a game of peace as uh, the opening of the 2020 campaign. Rubber match tomorrow. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show gets you ready at 11 and uh, I should say at noon. Sorry about that. Noon we're on the air. Is that right, Austin, Texas? Yep, noon tomorrow. All right, we're on the air at noon tomorrow with the On Deck Show, and after the last pitch, you make the switch. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. We'll meet you right here. Huge, huge start for Freddie Peralta and a big game for the crew. We'll see if, I don't know, we'll see if uh, the rivalry continues to be, quote, friendly or not. That's not friendly. You guys know that. For Mayor Mitch, Behind the Glass, and producer Austin, Texas, my name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great Saturday night. Good win for the crew, 1-1, one one, 58 to play here in the 2020 championship season. And reason to smile, Milwaukee, the world will smile back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.